Welcome to the Above the Rim Game Day podcast brought to you by the Penn Champions Club. I am your host, Vince Kern, along with the John R. Rockwell head coach of men's basketball, Steve Donahue. Steve, making the trip up north this weekend at Harvard, at Dartmouth. Uh, the Probably the reason that I don't try to do Ivy League road games anymore is the trip back from Dartmouth and getting into the palestra at four or five in the morning, getting off the bus and then coming home and your kids don't care that you've been up all night. (laughs) They're in the Nolan Richardson, 40 minutes of hell. They're going to turn you coming in the door and they're going to be ready to go. Uh, Fortunately, as the kids get older, that becomes less and less of an issue, but I'm sure Pam probably has a honeydew list for you when you get home on Sunday mornings. And I'm sure Callie would have one for me. Yeah, it's definitely uh, lightened up now that the kids are older, Vince. But at least we have Dartmouth first and then Harvard. She cuts the ride down a little bit. But, um, you know, this is the old traditional Ivy League weekend. Get on a bus. I'm sure when you were a player, these are things you remember, hanging out with your best friends and going to play two basketball games. The body uh, can hold up over long bus rides as you get older. A little more difficult for sure. But we're excited to get on the bus and get up there and get this thing turned around. So speaking of getting it turned around last weekend, Yale and Brown. Yale, I I thought, you know, it it, it was a game where I thought we played Yale relatively well. And then there were two two or three stretches, two I can think of in the first half, where there was like a 9-0 run and a 13-2 run. And it, it seems to be... Uh, an issue that has manifested itself uh, a lot of times for the Quakers over the course of this year is just small scoring droughts at times when, when it, you know, it, it really kind of made an impact and an imprint on the game. Now, I will also say that you know, defensively, I thought Yale did a, a good job of squaring us up, forcing us to start our offense a little farther out. But the the underlying theme there is like you know it was another another one or two runs that end up costing us in the long run, uh, and then the the Brown game it, it felt like it it felt like the the game up there where we had had a, a good stretch and played you know thirty five thirty six minutes of good basketball and then you know when it came time to down the stretch that the plays that needed to be made. You know, Brown had a couple of them break their way, and and the Quakers end up on the wrong side of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're uh, wrong in both analysis there, Vince. I think scoring has been the issue uh, at times, and those two, you know, we'll go three or four minutes and just not really get the looks we want. And then when we get the looks, we're probably pressing a little bit, and and then we got we got to climb a mountain. We cut it, I think, to nine. Uh, we outscored them in the second half, but uh, we gave up those uh, runs in the first half that made it really difficult. The Brown game was probably more similar to most of the games we've had. Uh, we're 30 minutes left in the, uh, t- 30 minutes in. It's an even game. I think we're playing pretty good. And then we just don't really run great offense. We do, to me, we just give in with about 15 seconds on the shot clock and take a harder shot than we have to, and not because of selfishness, because the kids are pressing. They want it to work. They want to make this, get this streak over with. Uh, and it's led to just three or four bad possessions. On the other end, I thought Brown capitalized with really three 
three three balls uh, at the end of the clock. Uh, that was the difference. And you talk about you know struggling to score for stretches. One one guy who certainly didn't struggle to score was Clark Slackard, especially in the Brown game. And we said on the broadcast, you know, one of the differences you know with him in such a pivotal role is you know last year he turns the corner. And he's not looking at Bez Embang. He's not looking at Casey Simmons, right? He, that, one of those two guys is on Jordan Dingle. And now you're you're the focus. You're the guy that if I'm James Jones, like, yeah, if we can stop Clark, we have a a better chance of winning this game. Uh, and then on, on Saturday night against Brown, I think down the stretch, Clark kind of said, like, it doesn't seem to be – Working as well, you started dialing it up more for him because he was your most effective option. Uh, and uh, as we talked about in years past, it's like, what are the others going to do? What are the what are the where's where's the support going to come from? You know, last year, last couple years, it was Jordan and Clark. This year, with Clark being back, where where are the supporting points and supporting offense going to come from? Uh, and unfortunately, on on Saturday and and Friday as well, but uh, Saturday down the stretch, it became so apparent that Clark was going to be taking the majority of the shots. Yeah, I think you're, you're touching on other things that obviously we struggled during this time is finding, just getting in the flow of the offense and allowing uh, other guys to step up and make the right decision. Uh, that's that's what we have. We have inexperienced guys, and we end up leaning on Clark, in my opinion, too much. Um, we got to be able to share the basketball and play the way we played for years. Even last year with Jordan and and, uh, and Clark, uh, against Brown, for instance, at our place, we scored 90 points, and Max Martz had 18 and 12. Uh, we've had older guys that have been through it. Uh, this year, we're still trying to figure that out. I think the most difficult part is that we did this for a long stretch in the preseason against good teams. We ran good offense and won games like Monmouth and Ryder and and Belmont to overtime and obviously Villanova with Clark being the main guy, but the other guys really understanding it. Since he's gotten back, it's just been a struggle to figure out how to let the offense flow. Uh, the guys know it. We're working extremely hard. This group has been so resilient over this period. Um, and we're looking at this as a five-game season, and we're going to get this turned around and figure out ways to, to grow these guys individually and us as a team. Do you now, heading up to Dartmouth and Harvard, do, do you anticipate changing up some of the rotations? I know you, against Brown on, on Saturday night, some guys that had played larger roles had their roles diminished? Is that more of a matchup situation or are you trying to kind of pull the right levers and say, okay, we've struggled a little bit offensively. I'm going to go with so-and-so to try and, and generate something off, you know, off out of our offense that, that maybe we haven't had in other spots. Yeah. I think it's a combination of events. Um, Brown starts two traditional bigs. Um, so a lot of times you need some physicality out there with Anya and Awusanani. Um, and then they come in with Nador. So that was slightly there. But there's also a piece of me that's we're trying to figure out how to get this going on both sides of the ball. Um, a lot of guys have done well at certain times, but 
there hasn't been a group of guys that's uh, and stepped up and played consistently for long stretches that you can say, well, this is our group. Until we get that, we got to figure this out as a team. We all buy in. We do our role that night. And then once we get a win, then maybe we found something and we, we get the ball rolling. I, I We talked about the team with this team. We won eight straight last year. And I remember thinking that it just flowed. Like the, the rotations made sense. The spots made sense. And that's what winning does. Losing tr- tries to drive a spike into you and, and not allow you to get the pure rotation set. Um, and until we get that, I think it's important. And this group has been great with this, that nothing affects who we are, our culture, our work ethic, our enthusiasm, our love for each other. And these kids have been so great. And this is painful for them to go through, but it's not wasted on like uh, not thinking that what is best for the team I'm going to do because that's what they've all done throughout this whole stretch. Last game against Dartmouth is probably one of the more complete games that Penn has played this year or this season. I guess this year is probably the best way to put it as of 2024 because I think there were several at the end of 2023 that were good, solid, complete games. And a lot of things went Penn's way in that game against Dartmouth, but people may forget that Dartmouth was making a charge of their own. I think it was a Johnny Walter three that kind of stemmed the tide and allowed Penn to push it back out and, and get that win. And then against Harvard, Harvard runs out to that big lead early. And then you change up the defense in the second, you know, in the second half and start pressing and creating a lot of havoc and opportunities. Do you think you might use a little bit more of that pressure defense against Harvard because it was successful? Or do you think it's going to be one of those that is going to be situational uh, as, as you face them on Saturday night? Um, that's a good question. I, I think both teams, including us, have gone through a lot of changes. Uh, Dartmouth was uh, really good at Cornell. They're up 13 in the sec in the first half against them. And they played good basketball. Harvard's been pretty, you know, kind of inconsistent in some ways, but um, the pressing piece is like, I think that's more uh, what's going on in the game. Uh, we're definitely going to try to extend our defense, play different defenses. Uh, we played some zone against Dartmouth last time. We're going to try to do some of that as well. I, I love to see us, push the ball, play without having a set defense against us as much as possible and make us feel good. I thought we did that well against Dartmouth in the first game where we got some open looks early in the possession. They see it go in. It starts starts making them feel good, and we played a terrific basketball game. And, um, that's what young guys do. They unfortunately feed off of what's happening in that moment and whether it's good or bad. Unfortunately, sometimes you go down that that tunnel of what is happening. Uh, as you get older, you understand there's ebbs and flows to games, and you're mature enough to do it. Um, we've talked about this a lot. Uh, I think it's something that we got to continue to work on. It's just move on. Uh, and you touched on it at the beginning. Those three or four minute droughts are basically they got to be eliminated. They got to you got to move on to that next play and execute after you just did a poor job the possession before. And when you start building those 
kind of happens up. I think good things happen for your team. Well, and you talked about a little bit about trying to get shots and and opportunities before you're facing a set defense. And it, you know, it, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but it it starts on the defensive end, getting a one yeah. and done, and trying to and push the ball up to the other end because you know, especially against a you know, team like Yale, team like Princeton, team like Harvard, that's really big and physical. That you know, if they're able to square you up in the half court, they can make life very difficult and push you out and have you starting your offense 35, 40 feet away from the basket instead of 18 to 20 feet from the basket. And that you know, that that matters. And getting a couple quick ones in transition off a rebound, you know, off a you know, Tyler Perkins can get the ball and go, Spinoza can get the ball and, and outlet. And and when you get it out there, and Clark and Sam Brown and some of the other guys know kind of what to do situationally and and that can end a run that can end a three or four minute drought you know as can spacing around spacing out around Nick Spinoso or Augie or or somebody else in the low block and saying all right you know let's let's go one-on-one I thought Spinoso had some success against Owusu Anane who is a tough perimeter defender and you know that that can collapse the defense and create things on the perimeter I think all the things you say make sense. It's what we've been talking about and trying to just play free and get the ball moving. We did it earlier in the year um, in the non-league. We, we, had, we had the best offense in the league at one point. We were top 15 in the country in three-point shooting. Um, all those things. They're top 75 in adjusted offense, which was second in the league. All those things were based on what you're saying, we got the ball up, we got the ball moving, uh, and we got some easy ones, and then we got the ball down low, and Nick did a good job of finding it. I know it's there, Vince. Uh, I, I got my job is to make sure that these kids know that if they do these things, we're going to be successful, and we're going to keep banging that rock until we crack it, and, and that's what they've been doing each and every day. Uh, I've never been more proud of a team to go through what they're going and still come in and really do whatever they can to represent the program and compete at a high level. Well, and to your point, like the proof has been in the pudding. If you look back earlier in the year when Clark was healthy and when you were running that offense that you're, you're saying top, top offense in the league and there was balance and there was solid rebounding and there were opportunities in transition. So I'm sure you're, you know, communicating this to, to all the kids. And, you know, when you're going through it, you, you, you kind of can get to that point where you say, oh, but this is, this is going to, this has got to change at some point. And I think there are enough data points to, to show that, that it's there. And, you know, now you just got to kind of get out on the court and, and have it happen. And, you know, we know the plan is in place for that to be the case. Yep. Well said. I totally agree. Well, I'm a professional analyst coach, Tony. I get paid for this kind of stuff. You today <laughs> get you it are. for free. You get it for free today, as though <laughs> as do the members of the Penn Champions Club. Harvard and Dartmouth, traditional Ivy League weekend, or actually Dartmouth and Harvard, if I'm going to put them in the correct order. The old school, back-to-backer, heading up on Thursday night, getting back on Sunday morning. Coach Donahue, this has been the Above the Rim Game Day podcast brought to you by the Penn Champions Club. I have been your host, Vince Kern. I still am. And joined by the John R. Rockwell head coach of men's basketball, Steve Donahue. Coach, good luck this weekend. Thanks, man. Go Quakers.